And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's a Friday afternoon. I can see the sun poking through all the clouds. I know we've had a bit of rain this afternoon and probably more to come. But what else do we see on a Friday afternoon? Well, we see Luke Smith from Envision Financial across the desk to tell us about money. Luke, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, the weather's been a bit nasty. It's on again, off again, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Mm. But what about those interest rates? Are they going to get any better anytime soon? No, not at all. <laughs> it's one of those. It's like luxury goods tax uh, on luxury car tax. Mm-hmm. Why are we paying that? Well, why are we indeed? I've asked yeah. that question before. Why, in yeah. fact, quite recently I asked one of our politicians why we're we paying luxury car tax when yeah. we have we no longer have yeah, any Australian exactly. car manufacturing yeah. industry to protect, Correct. and yet we're still protecting it. Yeah, made it. It's one of those chicken mm. egg egg chicken. Oh well, conundrums. I it, don't. It I don't get it. Indeed. Well, there you go. But interest rates certainly have been Mm. a very hot topic in recent months and will continue to be for quite some time. Yes, very much All of the pundits are suggesting they will go up again and possibly again after that and possibly again after that. And and I think that's, you know, it's very topical at the moment in appointments and I think it's one of the things that you read about on any news outlet, any any forum, any, any publication. It's rates are going up and I just want people to keep in mind they are not going to stop. Right. If, if you're hoping that it'll only go up once more, I think you need to you know, sort of change your line mm. of thinking and get prepared for, you know, potentially cash rates well above three. Well, it's not all doom and gloom. I have noticed I'm actually earning interest on my savings account now. Yeah, look, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, we touched last week on the benefits for retirees and investors that now we're starting to get rewarded uh, for, for committing money towards term deposits. Six months, 12 months, I think... In light of what we've just said with interest rates rising pretty much guaranteed through to maybe, let's say, Christmas or March, short term. If you're buying term deposits, short term, six months. I wouldn't be looking anywhere past that because there's no point buying 12 months if you know that rates are going to go up in the short term. So if you're buying the term deposits, we're getting rewarded. That's great. It's part of your defensive portfolio. You beauty. Because for 10 years, we've been really sort of punished or penalised. But people need to keep in mind that Whatever their mortgage is now, you could very easily see half a percent or three quarters of a percent in the next six months. Yeah. And that's going up, not down. And of course, when we talk about interest rates, that is the first question people have. The first thing that springs to mind is the mortgage rate. And of Mm. course, you know, a lot of people have got a mortgage and a lot of people are worried about what the impact might be of the the increasing interest Mm. rates. So what's your advice for people when it comes to fighting back against rising interest rates? Look, I, I think there's only so much people can control, but you really need to be shopping and around at the moment. You know, if you've been somewhere and you think the bank cares... The bank will start to care if you've got one or 200 million with them. Anything short of that, you're a retail consumer, you're a retail customer, you stay, you go. No one's losing any sleep. That's the reality of the retail banking world. So, you know, if you're somewhere and you think you've got a good rate, test the market. I deal with three or four different banks personally, and no one bank has ever rung me up and said, hey, how good's the deal over at this bank? And that's what you need to keep in mind. If you're going to look at what you have and try and sharpen up the rate that you have on on investment loans or or your home mortgage, shop it out. Use a broker. This is one of the times where they can add some real value by getting a mortgage broker involved because they have the capacity to understand, one, what the appetite is for each individual bank. Because banks like insurance companies have a certain demographic that they're after 
and different banks are looking for different parts of the market, like insurance companies are looking for different occupation classes. So if you use a mortgage broker, they'll be able to go to the open market, use all of the available lenders on their panel, which will be just about everybody. You're not just stuck with one particular lender and the rate that they offer you, whether they internally think that's good or bad. So shop it around, get a broker. The other thing I would do is look at the features of your home loan. If you've got uh, an all the bells and whistles loan with offset accounts and this and that card and this, that and the other, and you can simplify the structure of your loan and lower the interest rate available, that could be a very, very good way of bringing down your payment. Another option that you have is to try and look at the security that you have in that loan. So if you have a standalone property and you have significant equity in another asset, you may want to cross-securitize that particular asset and reduce your loan to value ratio which is your total debt divided into the market value of your assets because at certain thresholds be it 60 50 40 percent you may be able to sharpen up the interest rate by having a mortgage broker offer more security for the asset that you have at the moment so that could be another way of reducing the interest rate that you incur and therefore lowering the payments that you have to make on the investment side, consider moving from a principal interest loan to an interest-only loan. You know, at the moment with rising interest rates, it's the cash flow cost of keeping that loan serviced. So moving from principal interest to interest-only, potentially with an offset account, is a great way of reducing the minimum amount that you need to pay whilst having access to your money through an offset account. So you can still save in. A lot of people hear the word interest-only and... <laughs> They start sweating and panicking and say, oh, but I want to pay it off. And you can with an offset account. If you owe $100,000 and the interest rate is 5%, they're going to want five grand a year. If you've got $50,000 sitting in that offset account, they will only work out that 5% interest on the amount that you owe, not the initial total borrowing. So using an offset account and having an interest-only loan on the investment side could be a really good way for you to free up some cash flow on that particular asset where you have principal and interest loans on your family home or something that may not be tax deductible. So it's about understanding the structure of your debt and making sure that you have the right loan structure for the individual assets that you maintain. Okay, there's a lot to consider there, isn't there? And of course, mm. um, you don't necessarily have to stay with your current bank, do you? You can No, not at all. You no. can also shift to another bank and apparently there are some opportunities there because apparently some institutions are offering a bit of an enticement. Yeah, look, depending on the lender, you know, they might throw you two, three, four thousand dollars to refinance a loan to them. So if you've got three different assets with three different loans and you move from one bank to another, you could pick up six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars that they'll give you just for moving. And again, that's why you'd look to try and get a broker involved because one, they will do the legwork for you. Two, they know what's available in the open market. And three, they know exactly how the bank is looking at you from their side of the fence. Because there's nothing more frustrating than when somebody goes into their current lender, gets promised the world, fills out a million forms, and then they go, oh, but we can only do X. If they'd gone somewhere else right out of the bat or out of the gates, you could have potentially got a better outcome and made sure that you've got some future proofing with those interest rates that are set to come. Now, we don't know what they're going to be, but it, it would be very, very realistic to accept that 
we will continue to see the RBA meet and we will continue to see the RBA push interest rates up to try and curb inflation and, and reduce spending and all of the monetary targets that they're trying to hit at the moment are going to continue to uh, fluctuate until we get to probably uh, end of the first quarter next year and hopefully we can then start to see things normalise and flatten out and then stay flat for a little while until we see the economy catch up and you know we try and reduce inflation like we're seeing in the US. All right, so once we've taken a look at uh, all of the details about our mortgage arrangement and uh, about our savings investment arrangements and so forth, are there other things we need to look at in the family budget to uh, help deal with the increasing costs that are descending upon us? Yeah, look, exactly. So f- number one, just take lettuce out of your diet. That's fine. You'll save a ton of money there, Everly. Like looking at the size of me, I don't see lettuce very often, but you wouldn't believe that. Um, but no, y- your discretionary spending is going to be key. So it's a case of looking at what do we have going out. And I find people come into the office, they sit down and they say, oh, we don't really budget. Do you know what you need to live on? Oh, not really. Do you know where your money goes? Mm, not really. I don't at all. And, and PayWave and technology, they're like kryptonite to a budget or understanding where your money's going. If you really want to harness your cash flow, start buying things with cash. Take out an amount of money, live on that during the week. And have an emotional connection, which was normal life 15, Back in 20 the day, years ago. Yeah. Right? You say that to a younger generation now and they just look at you like you've fallen off the side of the earth. Yeah, I remember getting the <laughs> uh, the yellow envelope from yep. the pay office stuffed yep. full of crisp new banknotes. <laughs> and they were paper notes because yep. this was before the plastic currency. That's it. Well, you've got a few <laughs> years on me. so um, that, But that's it, right? So you're now, you're now actually forcing yourself to decide, do I really need that? Because boop, 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 boop. You've got no idea where your money's going. You've got no idea what you're spending on. So look at your outgoings. Look at your fixed costs. Try and get a handle on what it is that you need to be able to, you know, get by and, and, and do the things you want to do. Because I always find there's a lot of discretionary waste because people just have no idea where their money is going. Um, and then I'll be looking at other things, any sort of other debt that has an interest rate tied to it where you might be able to free up some cash flow by moving high interest credit cards to an interest-only free period or a new car that has a lower rate. Again, because all of these little strategies start to add up to cash flow savings that can then be used to offset the rising cost of mortgages over the next couple of months. And if you're in a fixed rate, I would be saving with everything you humanly have on this earth because if you're on a fixed rate from the end of 20, middle of 21, you're probably going to jump off 1.9, 1.8 and reset that at what could be early to mid fives. And from a, from a cost and a, and a servicing perspective, that is, that is a huge, huge jump um, and people need to be prepared for it uh, or they'll be on today, tonight, saying that the banks are monsters and they didn't know rates were going up. Yeah, well, there's a, a lot to consider. Now, what's this about salary sacrifice and uh, the impact that can have yeah. on your cash flow? So this is one that, you know, if you get to a point where mortgages are going up and you're really finding it difficult to keep things going, you may want to stop your salary sacrifice and just keep in mind that you have the capacity to put your own money into super before June and claim the same tax deduction you would have got had you salary sacrificed progressively through the year. So a lot of people say, well, if I don't salary sacrifice, I won't be able to put some money into super. That's not strictly true because you can make a personal deductible contribution 
as long as you put your own money in before the 30th of June and you notify the fund through a, the use of what's called a notice of intent, that tells the super fund, hey, Mr. Superfund, I put in $10,000. I want to claim $10,000. That would get you exactly the same tax outcome as if you'd salary sacrificed $1,000 for 10 months but you would have greater control over your cash flow during the financial year to try and weather some of these interest rate increases that we've discussed. Okay, so uh, while you uh, might have been making use of the salary, salary sacrifice provisions to boost your super and get that tax deduction, if you uh, suspend that for now so that you can increase your cash flow, mm. all is not lost, you can no, make up correct. for it later on. Yeah, and I'm not saying stop to do this. I'm not, I'm not picking one thing or the other. I'm just making people aware that a big misnomer that I see coming into the office is, well, if I don't salary sacrifice, I can't put money into super. Just want people to be aware that you can use your own money at the end of the year if you find that things are getting a little tight at the moment until you restructure your budget and, and find some savings to get back to normal fortnightly or monthly cash flow within your, your family or business unit. Absolutely. And of course, uh, the credit cards, they're, they're a big one, aren't they? Because mm. the, um, I'm not sure what the, uh, the highest rates are on credit cards, but even before interest rates started going up, credit cards were still charging stupid amounts of interest, weren't they? Oh, look, and I think, you know, if you, if you had to throw a dart at your average interest rate on a credit card, you'd probably be talking, you know, mid-19s to maybe mid-22s, 23s. But I think if you found anything, again, like we said about the home loan, some credit cards will say, well, we won't charge you 19. We'll only charge you 12 and you don't have frequent flyer points and this point and that point and all of the other little plus plus features that you can find with cards as we said earlier with home loans just get a bare bones loan if that's going to get you a better rate because at the moment that may be all you need to keep going and then you can review what you need in the future should you get a pay rise change your spending save a little bit more whatever the cash flow outcome may be indeed Today, we're talking about everybody's latest nemesis, rising interest mm. rates and the impact that might have on your mortgage. Now, as I said before, it's not all doom and gloom. If you've got a mm. savings account, it's actually good oh, news. It, you know, it, it, fixed interest within super now at 3.6%, 3.7% on a term deposit for six months. You know, give it six months, we'll probably be getting, you know, early fours, mm. which, you know, it isn't the 8% of the 06s and 07s, but it is far, far better than... 0.3.4 of 12 months ago yeah. so you know it's 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 great for the retiree portion of the community yeah. to really benefit from the cash they have been saving but of course for the vast number of people who have got mortgages mm. and are a bit worried about rising interest rates what are the key things they should remember yeah so review it look for a deal shop it around get some help and don't just assume that your current lender is giving you the best offer available get a broker involved i think people could save a lot of time and a lot of headache and a lot of angst and really get some value from a good broker at the moment because they will understand the right structure. They can work with you in relation to your cash flow. They can give you an idea of what's available. We can talk interest only or principal and interest. The other big one that people can do is look to re-amortize their loan or recast their loan. And that just means if you've borrowed $200,000 and you've saved $100,000 into that loan, if you go to your lender and say, look, take that $100,000 that I've got sitting in my offset account and recalculate the remaining 100. It's a good way of bringing down the minimum payment that they will assess you on because a lot of people borrow money at a certain level and then pay it off for an extended period of time. But the calculation of the loan repayment at the base rate doesn't change. So if you can do that and take the cash that you may have in the bank and say, look, I owe 200, here's 100, 
recalculate my minimum payment, that could be a great way of bringing down the cash flow expense that your mortgage contributes to your household income. I think they should also look to consider the collateral that they have or the security that they've given to the bank. If you increase the security that you provide a lender, you may be able to bring the interest rate down and therefore benefit from a cash flow saving. Um, fill up offset accounts where possible. Um, consider interest only or principal and interest. Make sure for your investment uh, assets, you consider interest only with an offset account because you can still pay down that total debt. You're not stuck paying interest only, as the name says. The offset account use really improves the, the, the benefits of that type of structure. And I think use the cashbacks that some lenders are, are offering and save, 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 save because interest rates are going to keep going up probably through to March next year. Indeed, and the more you save, uh, the more you might be able to actually earn some interest instead of having to pay it. Mm. So uh, it's that time of the day. Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so office number 6260 4749. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the strategy stacker Luke Talks Money on the podcast with iTunes and Spotify. Um, and we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all of the shows, all of the key takeouts, all of the information on the iPhone, on the couch, drink in hand, Friday afternoon, rehash what we've just covered off from the warmth of your uh, front room. You know you can watch YouTube on your big screen TV now. I don't want my kids getting a handle of that. Or I'll, be, yeah, I'll be singing Frozen songs for the next five years. <laughs> Luke, thanks very much. We'll catch you again next Friday. See you next week. Luke Smith from Envision Financial will be back in the studio with us once again at the same time next Friday afternoon to talk money once again and hopefully solve one or two little problems that might be pressing upon you at this time. So next week at the same time, right here on 2CC.